0: Hey there, and welcome to the All For Us podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the previous episodes, and for all those that messaged um, saying they've enjoyed the episodes, thank you very much, I really appreciate that. And that is the motivation that I've got to do these podcasts, you know, the more people that message me and say they're enjoying them, it just kind of spurs me on and gives me more motivation to uh, to post more more episodes, so thank you, I really appreciate it. Um, So, in today's episode, I'm going to talk about belief and the power of belief. Now, quite early on in my, I I hate referring to it as like a healing journey, it's just so, it almost makes you cringe. But yeah, quite early on in my healing journey, I read a book called The Biology of Belief. And it was by a guy called Dr. Bruce Lipton. And honestly, if you've not read it, it's it's amazing. It blows your mind. And it talks about when we believe something, that thought in our brain of belief, it changes our chemistry, it changes our genes, and it changes our immune system. Okay? So by having that belief installed into our brain, that belief does something to our insides, yeah? And what we believe doesn't even have to be true for it to work, okay? So let me explain that, because that doesn't make sense, does it? Like, we can believe something that isn't factually correct, yeah? But that belief that we've got still works as though it's true. So that, in its very nature, that's the placebo effect, isn't it? You know, if you're familiar with the full placebo effect, that is somebody giving you a pill, okay, that you believe is going to work because you're told it's going to work by a professional, and you take that pill under the belief that that's going to work and make you better. Now, that pill, paired with the belief that you've got about that, obviously changes your internal chemistry, and makes you better. However, you know, obviously, now looking back and understanding the placebo effect, there's nothing in the pill. It's just a sugar pill. There's nothing in it at all that's doing any work. So there's nothing factual about that pill that's doing anything magical to you. It's it's your belief system that it was going to work that has done all the the magic. Now, how fucking mind-blowing is that? Like, our belief system is what is making us better now the placebo effect in its very nature they've done numerous studies on it and, and the powers of the belief and how important it is and i'm going to cite a few episodes a few different studies and a few different examples i should say of the placebo so they got a load of athletes okay who were doing these long distant runs and they couldn't get over this certain number. They couldn't break a record past this certain number. So just say, for example, I'm going to paraphrase and I'm going to kind of condense it to make it a bit more concise. But just say they were doing, like, a set distance and they couldn't break over, like, 15 minutes. So 15 minutes was the world record. And that seemed to be ongoing for, for years and years. Nobody could just break that 15-minute barrier. Now what they'd done was, They'd done a test where they got a load of athletes and they timed them. And they all, again, couldn't break that 15-minute barrier. Okay, so they were obviously proven what had previously been proved. However, in this example, they lied to the athletes and they told them that they'd got like 14 minutes or 14.30 or whatever, they broke the 15-minute barrier. However, that was a lie. It didn't happen. They were still over the 15 minutes, but they told them that they'd got 1430 and into the 14s and what was quite astronomically fascinating about that was from that moment onwards when they did do any future races they broke the 15 minute barrier and got into the 14s purely because they believed now that they could do it even though they didn't do it they believed they could do it now when i hear stuff like that like you know it just makes me really I don't know, it does something to me. It makes me really happy. It makes me really fascinated. And it just makes me fucking. It blows my mind as to the possibility of humans uh, if they believe in themselves. <laughs> and I don't know, I just I've always been fascinated by the belief systems and our and the placebo and and it, it's just a subject that's always kind of really um interested me. And Another example is they have give people um, a cup of coffee, okay, and they've told them that it they've told them that it it had caffeine in it, um, and it didn't have any caffeine in it at all. Yeah, it was just caffeine free coffee. It was decaf, and they told them it had caffeine in it. However, and obviously with the belief I know you're obviously gonna you know what i'm gonna say here they their body reacted as though they had had caffeine, their palpitations, their energy, their alertness, their focus went up, however, it didn't have caffeine in it at all it was a caffeine free drink, but they were told it had caffeine in it and and that's just insane, like these types of things are the so many effects of placebo, so many studies and and um examples one of the most profound ones that really made me kind of sit up and take notice was there was this guy who had um, i think he had four variations of different tumors Um, and he was was pretty much like stage four cancer of of whatever it may have been and you know he, he only had sort of months to live and this particular country at the time they were doing like a, a study of like placebo and, and with cancer with cancer patients and and a doctor said to this guy he says oh you know we've got this um, sort of up and coming sort of treatment that we we're uh, we just about to release and you're going to be one of the first people to sort of try it you know would you be up for it would you be up for trying it and the guy was like oh well I've got nothing to lose now you know I've stage four cancer like you know of course I'll, I'll go with it so they give him this you know this pill or whatever it was whatever treatment it was but it was a placebo there was nothing in it it was it was just nothing it was total placebo and you know sure enough a few weeks went by he went into the uh, state of spontaneous spontaneous remission and his tumors went and they didn't like these tests and like oh my god your tumors have totally gone um wow that's insane that's incredible and a few months later the guy actually got wind through an article that it was actually a placebo and it wasn't, you know, there was nothing in it, it was false. And his tumours actually came back because he'd got that awareness that, you know, it was false. It wasn't, you know, there was nothing in it at all, it was just a placebo. So ha- having that knowledge that it was just a placebo and it was just sugar pills gives you that understanding that it was, you know, nothing in it. And his tumours came back and It was insane. Like, it just shows, like, the power of belief. When we believe something can make a massive effect on our health. And, you know, it's always something that's that's been massively interesting to me, as I've said earlier. Um, In fact, you know, I've said on previous podcasts, one of the main things that I took away from my parents growing up, um, you know, they were quite hippie-ish and quite alternative growing up, and, and they always used to tell me that, I had like an army in my body that I controlled with my thoughts and if I had a bad stomach or a, you know, sickness or, or any form of illness, if I lied down and directed those that army to the to the place where it was causing me concern, I could, you know, fight off the illness with my thoughts. And it was just like, I just took it as second nature, I just took it as right, okay, great, if I've got that in as I'll do it. And i just done it and now obviously looking back from an adult mind and reading the biology of belief and understanding the placebo like it just totally makes sense um and one of the interviews that really stands out for me was dr bruce lipton and he's talking about this uh he's talking to a guy on a podcast and the guy is like quite you know he's borderline sort of conspiracy theorist with certain things and he was talking about like covid and he was talking about like oh you know the 5g towers and you're not safe anywhere these days with the wi-fi and stuff and you know the wi-fi will be interfering with my brain waves and all this he was quite extreme to be honest he was quite um you know he was he was quite worried and and um wonder about what's going on in the world and are we safe anywhere if they're putting stuff in our water and all this carry on and bruce lipton said look he said yeah i understand what you're saying and you know you're talking about all these external factors in the world and you know, like that's fair enough, but he said, you've got a barrier that is above any of these things in your life, in externals, above COVID, above anything in the world, any tap water that you're drinking, you know, any external factor that you're talking about, bloody 5G towers, extreme Wi-Fi signals, he says, you've got a barrier above anything else, and he said, that's your belief system, he says, your belief system controls your immune system, so he said, you could have two people who live in the same block of flats, okay? Who's been around the same area, they've touched a bloody cabinet and they've got COVID germs, they've uh, been exposed to five G, they've, you know, they've had whatever you want to call it, whatever external factor you want to put out out there as a as a as an issue. One of them is worried and in fear, and you know, thinks that they can pick up all these germs and one of them has got a deep-rooted belief that it's their belief system that controls whether or not they're going to pick up these illnesses and the person who's got the stronger belief system does not get ill and you know I can only speak for my own experience I really can and, and I can only speak for what I've lived and what I've experienced and when COVID first come about You know, the first thing that I said, the very first thing that I said is, it's not going to touch me. It's not going to come anywhere near us. And this is at the time where, you know, we didn't have any real knowledge of it. We didn't know how big it was. We didn't know how small it was. We didn't know, you know, really, not much about it really. But I knew, every part of me knew, it wasn't going to touch us. And I knew that I was going to be fine. I just had that deep, rooted belief. And call it naivety, call it whatever you want, call it arrogance, if you like. However, it's got me by, yeah, and and I'm not the type of person that shouts off the rooftops and, you know, has got, like, that kind of overwhelming ego where I say, oh, see, I told you so, and see this, no, nothing's going to touch me. I haven't got that. You know, I'm quite a quiet sort of lad, really, but I've got an internal belief system and I really do back my sort of belief system to overcome anything and you know I honestly I don't get ill I really don't I don't get ill I haven't been ill for years I haven't been off sick for absolute years and years Um I don't pick up the common cold you know hardly even get any stomach bugs or anything I just I seriously don't get ill and I put it down to my belief system I honestly do Um, and the reason I put it down to my belief system you'll be surprised to know is because believe it or not, I'm not that healthy, I honestly am not, I mean, I suppose actually you could say I eat a balanced diet, but if I had to say it was leaning towards anything, I'd probably say I was leaning towards unhealthy, you know, I eat a lot of sugar, um, you know, I, <laughs> I snack a lot on bloody shite, I eat a lot of cheap nasty cereals, um, you know, I, I don't really have a healthy diet, I mean yeah of course like I I, I don't like binge eat and stuff like that and I wouldn't say I eat like gluttonous or anything but you know I, I just basically eat a little bit of what I fancy um but I do you know I do eat a lot of sugar and I'm always in the bloody snack drawer as my girlfriend will say and and I just I honestly put it down to my belief system I believe above everything else my belief system is so ingrained um that it just counts for a lot with us it really does Um, yeah, so again, with the placebo, there is an opposite effect called the nocebo, okay, and so it's understanding that if our our thoughts can make us healthy, okay, we can literally change our genes through belief, okay, now, we hear people say, like, oh, you know, oh, cancer runs in my family, you know, my my grandfather had bowel cancer, My, my uncle... Had this or you know being fat is in my family. There's the fat gene, and I think a lot of people can get attached to that, and they can think, oh, you know, it's all right because just I'm destined to be fat or I'm destined to have lung cancer because my my grandfather had it and my dad had it and stuff like that. And we can almost get that belief in our you know in our mind, and it can almost become a self fulfilling prophecy, but. What my understanding is now is they've, they've actually done studies where they've, they've had children who were actually orphans and they were adopted and they were in, involved in a family and they ended up picking up the same cancer, the same ailments, the same thing as the family, even though there was no genes involved, It's nothing genetically attached. And the reason is because when they're immersed in a family, over time they pick up the same traits as that family. So they might pick up traits like, you know, avoiding expressing their anger or, you know, a a bad relationship with suppressing their sort of grief. Um, You know, they might pick up bad habits such as alcoholism or addictive behaviours. So over time, they are picking up the same traits. So therefore, they're going to ultimately pick up the same diseases. So if we look at anger, you know, a family of suppressed anger stores in the liver. Okay, so there's going to be a lot of liver problems later on in life. Now, that doesn't mean that you're genetically um, destined to pick up liver cancer or anything like that. It just means that if you're immersed in an environment whereby it's encouraged to hold on to anger, you know, it's, it's understandable later on down the line that you might have liver problems. So that it's just understanding that you don't have to be genetically the same family to pick up the same traits so what i'm saying is if we have that belief in our mind of oh you know i'm destined for it because it's in the genes you know being fat runs in the genes or cancer's in our genes it's in our like that is something that i believe personally we need to get out of our minds we need to remove that from our uh, belief system because it's not doing us any good um you know instead try and put in a thought that's more Positive and think no, I'm not destined. By my past traits, I can put up a shield and be like no, not today. I'm going to cut free from that behaviour from the past, um, and I'm going to start behaving in a certain way because, you know, what is more um, being studied now and evidence backs this up is the is the whole theory of epigenetics. And epigenetics, if anyone's ever heard of it, is the is the ability to change our genetic line through our belief system. So if we start believing different things, and start behaving in a different way, and therefore generating different thoughts, different behaviours, different habits, we can change our genetic line, and our, we're literally changing our destiny through our belief system, um, and that, isn't that marvellous, you know, doesn't it give us some agency over our destiny, and think that we aren't living this self-fulfilling prophecy towards sickness and disease? You know, it all comes down to the belief system. And touching on another subject, which I was going to, you know, I was halfway through explaining, is the the nocebo effect, which is the opposite to the placebo, which is making ourselves sick with negative thoughts when in actual fact there was nothing even there to be negative about. So so an example of that is, which I've brought up so many times, is the example of the train engineer, so this, was a, this is a known story in the studies of nocebo-placebo where an engineer had got on a train to uh, fix something in the engine room and, you know, he was down the back end of the train away from everyone else so he was on his own um, and in this particular example he'd locked himself in the back room and, you know, what's meant to happen is when you get locked in this gas is meant to get released and this gas is, it's unscented. Um, in this particular, you know, in this particular case. So the, train, the engineer was under the impression that he'd released this gas. So he was panicking, you know, he was worried and he was like, right, OK, I'm, God, I'm destined to die now, I've released this toxic gas. So he was writing messages on this window that he knew people would find when they eventually got in the room. And he was saying, like, goodbye to his family and, you know, this is what happened, he's sending his love, because he knew he was destined to die because this gas was released. <laughs> Anyways, a few hours goes by, and they eventually find him in this room, and he's dead. Um, however, consequently what comes out later on down the line is the gas hadn't even went off in the first place, nothing had went off. So he'd killed himself with the belief that the gas had went off, when in actual fact it hadn't, and that is the evidence that backs up the nocebo effect. He's literally killed himself with the thoughts that he was going to die like how mental is that um yeah it is it's it's insane like when you think of the power of our thoughts like our thoughts can literally change our internals like one example with me jumps out immediately which is just silly really but you know i'm only saying it for the purpose of my evidence Um, i was literally swimming in a pool in the mountains the other day and yeah, it's just, it was a beautiful, clear pool. I could see the bottom of the pool. There was nothing in the pool at all. It was a lovely, clear, gorgeous rock pool on a sunny day. And this thought came in my mind of, God, what if a shark was in here? What if there was a shark? And like I knew for a fact there couldn't be a shark in there. It's just obviously silly. It's impossible. But the thought created an emotion of fear and as a thought experiment like just literally as a thought experiment because i knew i was safe i just tried to like roll it on and just be like no well let's feed that thought what if there was a shark in here and i felt the fear rushing through my body of god there's a bloody shark in here oh good and i I started to like tense up and like you know my stomach went in and i started to feel shivery um and i ended up having to get out because i was i scared myself but You know, it just shows that the power of our belief system and the power of our thoughts can literally change our internals. Um, Yeah, I'm just having a quick look at my notes. Um, I think that is a good thing as well, like when we realize the power of our beliefs we realize that we can almost like evoke reality and create our own reality like it's, it's not something that we act, we experience as an external we're evoking reality we're actually creating reality through through our thoughts you know so our personal reality is evoked by our personality so it's like, if we are believing that, you know, the world is loving, if we're believing the world is kind, and we are believing that we are peaceful from inside, we'll evoke that back to us. We'll see that from confirmation bias perspective, but we'll also bring that about in the world. Like, it's, it is, it's fascinating. Like, when you change your belief system, and you work on it, and you change those kind of default knee-jerk reactions and knee-jerk thoughts, we can evoke a life based on what we believe about the world. If we believe the world's a dark place, and we believe the world's negative, and we believe the world is, you know, X, Y, and Z, that's what we will see. We will experience the world through the lens of our belief system, you know, and our belief system about the world can change our state. And you know, if we believe the world is a fearful place, we believe the world is negative. If we listen to the news for bloody five minutes, it's going to change your belief system about the world. But in actual fact, if you take a zoom out and you look at the clear facts from a non-biased place, and you don't look at the mainstream media, and you look at the factual evidence, we're—believe we, it or not—we're in a nice place in the world. We're in a. We're in a place where poverty is going down, where, you know, we're in a place of comfort and not scarcity. We can literally get anything we want, you know, within reason, quite quickly. And to be honest, comfort is our biggest issue now rather than survival and scarcity. So we've almost got to find ways of overcoming comfortableness rather than bloody survival and and risk. you know, and it's putting these things into perspective. It's understanding that, yeah, of course, there's, there's, there's evil in the world and, of course, there's, there's, there's problems. But every generation's got problems, you know. Every generation's got lots of badness and, and, and things that go wrong in the world and there's all natural disasters and there's villages going, you know, down and tsunamis and earthquakes. and. But if that's all you're exposing your, you know, attention to, you're going to be quite cynical in the world, but if you follow, like, good news articles and you follow the kindness and you see how much kindness is in the world, you know, there literally has to be the opposite in terms of kindness and love as there is evil and, you know, pain. There's got to be. It's the, it's the, it's the exact opposite, isn't there? There's got to be as much love in the world as there is pain in the world. You know, it's the yin and the yang, isn't there? There's always a direct... An equal, an opposite. Um, you know, I I often look at the uh, the belief systems around like God, you know, and gods and you know whatever people believe God is. I mean, for me personally, you know, my belief is I don't believe that there's a big, you know, a man sitting up there on a throne with a big with a beard and a staff like that. It's not my belief of God. Um, but often, if you mention God, that's the kind of image that you know, is the default reaction to people's mind, but I believe that God is like a universal energy, like a universal soul, um, and we are all fragmentations from that universal soul, so so essentially we're all connected, we're all part of a universal soul, and each body, and soul within our body, you know, not that soul's within the body, I should correct myself there, like it's, it's almost like... There's a universal soul, a universal consciousness that we are all expressions of, okay? So that universal soul has fragmented to create individuals and from that individual soul has expressed a body, okay? So a body is a manifestation of the soul and that's why I believe we're all connected and I believe everything is part of that as well. So every plant, every animal, every mushroom, every rock, every land body of water like it's all a manifestation of the universal soul and from that place you know i believe love is the main vibration of that and we're all just expressions of love um and any deviation from that towards pain and you know evilness is just a sort of naivety you know the the not realised that we're all connected, and what we do to another person, we're ultimately doing to ourselves. And when people do go down that route of pain and evil and crime, it's just because they are yet to realise, they are yet to find their way back to source, back to love. Um, and ultimately, I see the healing journey is we're all walk, we're all trying to go back home. You know, we're all trying to go back home to source to realise that. We are fragment, fragmented into individuals, so that the so that the universal consciousness can be aware of itself. Okay, so we were fragmented because we were once an individual soul, universal soul, and we were fragmented into individuals so that that universal soul could be aware of itself. And you know, that's my belief. Like, who's to say that's right? Who's to say it's wrong? But that's my belief, and from that belief, that helps me experience the world through loving joyous non-judgmental eyes now to me as well like if we don't believe in god like that could manifest you to live a life in a more nihilistic way like nothing matters you know what's the point like i might as well just do this i might as well do that so That's why my belief is it's it's better to live as if God exists, or it's better to believe as if there's a higher power or a universal consciousness. Because even if it's not true, even if it's literally, factually not true, which, you know, I'm probably never gonna know unless until I pass away, like surely that is more fulfilling as a human to see the world that way. Um you know, it's like magic, okay? So magic. I suppose I will never factually know if magic exists, but if I believe that magic exists, then, you know, I'm going to get little snippets of it, I'm going to get little, little moments where I think, oh wow, that was magic, that was a miracle, you know, it's like, I don't know if people seen a post I put on earlier today, and it was talking about how with deep presence, sometimes we are gifted with just little moments of kind of coincidences little kind of synchronicities whereby for example if I was walking my dog and I just acknowledged somebody and says I you know walked past them and just you know went through the uh, motions you're not going to really be gifted with anything but if you slow down and you know the, the phrase I like to use now is walking at the pace of love we're going to be more present to the magic before our eyes so for example um, sat and talking to somebody walking a dog and I'm giving them the time of day and often what I've noticed is they'll talk to me about a subject that I was just needing in that moment in my life so for example if me and my partner were talking about maybe looking at getting some form of allotment so we could grow our own food or you know plants or whatever suddenly the universe if I show true presence, will gift me somebody that knows exactly where to get an allotment like before I've even mentioned it to them. And it's like, I could see that as just a coincidence or I could also believe that that is the universe giving me back some magic. And it's, it's all down to your belief system. It's, if I believe the world has magic in it, then I'm going to experience it. If I believe the world is a dark, cold place, then I'm going to experience that as well. And I suppose that, that kind of brings home the point around fear and faith. So fear and faith are essentially the same thing. They are having a, a belief of either the worst case scenario or the best case scenario. So you know why not open up to the possibility of the best case scenario than the worst case scenario? Fear and faith are essentially the same thing. None of them are factual, but one of them is believing that the worst thing is going to happen, one of them is having the faith and the belief that a good thing is going to happen, yeah, and and I think it just takes that ultimate surrender to the possibilities that something fortunate might happen, and I think, like, hold on a sec, where was I going with that? Hold on a second, just... Yeah, so, like, choosing to believe in something can literally change our internals. So, if we look at our memories, okay, often our memories are corrupted in the past, yeah? So we can often look back at something and see how it didn't really happen, yeah? You know, often, I often use this one as an example. When I'm remembering holidays I've had with my mates, and I'm talking about it now, it's like, oh, that was the best holiday ever, wasn't it? Oh, what a laugh we had. Oh, God, that was hilarious, wasn't it? But in actual fact, when I sit and think about it, it was a fucking, it was a shit holiday. We sat in and, like, we didn't do much, and it rained for three days, and we had maybe two good nights out. But in actual fact, we were hungover, and we were cursing it, and we, we just wanted to get back home. But, in, but we look back on that and we see it in a way. Oh God, what they were the days, lads. You know, it was a brilliant holiday. So I've remembered it falsely. But I suppose, like, like, is 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 that all right? You know, I suppose in a sense, if I remember it in a fortunate way, like, fair enough. Like, I, I'm dining out on a memory, and we're enjoying it, and we're connecting over a memory that's false. But I suppose, does it really matter? Um. Mm, strange, isn't it? And I suppose when you know, when you look at footballers, yeah, you look at footballers who have retired. We always look back on them as they were better than what they really were. You know, we've got that belief that they were amazing, but it's because we're looking back on that memory, we're creating it in the moment. Um, you know, it's like um old singers and songwriters, we look back on them when they've passed away and it was like, Oh, they were amazing. But in actual fact when they were alive you know, we didn't sort of um praise them up anywhere near. And it's just our thoughts around something has created a story. And if we look at you know, we could even bring that into our lives. So we can believe what we want about the past. You know, the fa the facts of the matter are the past happened, it's done and it's happened. Yeah. But we can believe what we want around that past. We can change the story of what happened. So, if we look at the facts, right? We're never going to remember it, how it did happen. Never. Because memories change over time, okay? We can only recall so much from what happened. Because from the moment it happened, it's changing, okay? So our brains only took so much of it in anyway. And... Often, if it was something traumatic, your brain's shut off anyway, so you've not remembered literally how it happened. So, now, you know, a lot of the work where they do, like, sort of shamanism and they do, like, um, reclaiming our parts work and things like that and the internal family systems, it literally involves going back to those past memories and reframing them in positive ways because, ultimately, when we change the present... And by present, I mean belief system and memory of the past. Like, when we change that present story that we have about the past, we literally change the past, and we literally change the future. Because all that it is, is the story that we are choosing to tell ourselves. So, for me, you know, I've had traumatic things happen to me in the past, whereby I've, you know, I've been, like, suicidal, I've been depressed, I've been you know, just wanting to end it all, and, you know, I when I think of that, if I phrase that in a way of, God, that was, you know, was really traumatic, and it brings up those emotions to me, but now, like, I frame that in a way of, that served me, that I, that was what I needed, I needed to face that, because it was exactly what the universe was sending me, to alchemize into love, it's now got to the point where I'm helping others with similar experiences, because of the, you know, the the experiences that I've had, and learned from them so now I choose to see that that I'm grateful for my past suffering and you know I know in the moment when I was going through it it was very traumatic but I'm looking back and I have that belief that any adversity that I face in life is happening for me and is happening for me to alchemize it into love and that the universe is sending me exactly what I need now again That's a belief system. I'm choosing to believe that. Like, that is, nobody can say whether that's a fact. Like, nobody can say to me, oh, yeah, it's the universe and the universe has sent that to you because you needed it. Like, I can't say that for a fact because it's, there's no science really to prove that I wouldn't have thought. It's not like, like, the universe has gone, ching, there you go, you're having that. But I believe that. Like, I believe that deeply that the universe is sending exactly what I need so that I can alchemize that into love and a gift to serve others. Yeah, because, you know, again, another belief that I'm coming into, my belief in life, courtesy of my partner, which is, which is a quote that she said to me a while back, and it's really just deeply, I really feel it. And it's the, um, the meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose of life is to give that gift away. You know, and ultimately that's... It makes so much sense to me. Like, we're here and life is essentially like a school. Yeah, we're going through lessons and eventually once we've learned those lessons, you know, what's what use is those lessons if we're keeping them all inside? It's to give them away to serve others because... Ultimately, getting back to what I said earlier, we're in a relational world. Yeah, if the universe was just on its own, it'd be a very lonely world, a very u- lonely existence. But the universe wanted to fragment into us so that it could be aware of itself. So, by serving others and serving the world, our own suffering, we alchemize that into a better emotional, you know, acceptance, love, joy, gratitude. Because we've served another person and seen how we matter through helping another. Um, And yeah, I just think that, you know, a lot of this does come back down to the belief system. Yeah, our belief system literally changes our internal chemistry. It's just so fascinating. Our belief system literally changes our internal chemistry. Our belief system controls our immune system. Okay, So no matter how you know, many externals you're facing in the world, if you've got a powerful belief system, it's going to act as a barrier. Now, I'm not saying nothing will get through. Like, I'm not saying that, you know, bloody hell, just have a powerful belief system and you're going to be untouchable. I'm not saying that at all, but I'm saying that it is a very, very powerful barrier. A very powerful barrier. And if you've got um, a negative belief system, you know, that's that's going to be a weakness. It's going to be a weakness in the sense of things are going to get through, you're probably going to pick up more illnesses, and you're probably going to experience the world, Um through that, very, through that very lens, and you're probably going to manifest picking up these illnesses, be more susceptible to, you know, the externals that you are fearing, because from a state of fear, okay, that state of fear being the opposite of belief, that state of fear also changes our internals as well, so it makes your cells more susceptible to illness, you know, it does, it makes yourselves more susceptible to illness when you're in a state of fear. When you are in a state of fear, you are not in a state of abundance, you are in a state of lack, okay? And you are more vulnerable to pick up diseases when you are in a state of fear, okay? Because, look, let's look at the nervous system, yeah? I didn't even plan on going into this, but when you think of the nervous system, fear is fight or flight, yeah? So when you're looking for threats, and you're looking hypervigilant against the world fear fight or flight your body isn't healing then is it? it's not it's not resting and digesting it's it's fighting and it's fighting. yeah it's in survival and we don't thrive and we don't heal when we are surviving okay so belief i would say the belief system looking at the nervous system is more parasympathetic it's more calm relaxed rest and digest okay so choosing to believe and feeding that belief system is going to put you into a constant state well, I'm not going to say constant here because nothing's constant, but it's going to put you into a better state of calm and relax. Okay. Uh, where am I going? Right. So, what I'll do is I will end on a poem. Okay. Um, because I have wrote a poem about the belief system. Um. Okay. So it's quite simply called "Believe." It's as simple as this. Your beliefs create your reality. You can believe the best life and that's no fallacy. What you believe to be true, you will make true. So what are you currently believing about you? It starts by practicing a new thought, not one you've had for years that was taught. You maybe grew up in fear due to another's beliefs you let near. You get to decide if the world is good or bad. Or you've just... Or just love everyone because we're all a bit mad. (laughs) The more good you believe, the more you'll receive. The more hate you choose to see, the less you'll be free. If you believe life is magic, you'll see it everywhere. And you'll never be a victim feeling things are unfair. Once you believe, you'll start to thrive and surrender to the miracle of being alive. So yeah, there was just some thoughts about the belief system. I apologize it went all over the place at various points. Um but yeah, I just wanted to back up the importance of the belief system, you know, work on that as a as a thing to really focus on. Realize that no external can really affect you as much as you think it's going to, especially if you've got a powerful belief system. And yeah, just bringing you my experiences with firsthand how it's affected me putting it on your radar dr bruce lipton you know the biology of belief i think often we can just think of belief as a wishy-washy word can't we our belief well, i believe that you know you know i believe that but what's going on internally it's literally changing our chemistry and our cells and our genes through belief okay so thank you so much for listening until next time still loving